Welcome to the day at Indy for Wednesday, May 15th. I'm sitting across from the extra awesome Katie Hargett. How are you? Wow, I'm going to come on here more often for a little extra confidence boost. Well, we're sitting it high. If you disappoint, <laughs> we might downgrade that. Folks already know I'm at the just absolute gutter. I'll so. try to impress. I want to say thank you as always to our awesome partners at Cooper Tires. You know a lot about Cooper they Tires. They are good people Mrs. supporting the road to Indy. Long-term. Appreciate their support. Yes, you bringing Indy lights and general road to Indiness to the world on yes. those Cooper Tires. Also, our friends at the Justice Brothers celebrating my 21st year friendship with Ed Justice Jr. and the Justice Your Brothers family. Your friendship can drink. Well, I, <laughs> there, there's great stuff going on there. Uh, also, our friends at Toronto Motorsports who... They cartoonified me a couple years ago. They cartoonified you. We live in a Roger Work art, torontomotorsports.com, t-shirt, sticker, whatever world. Hey, that's a fun world to be part of. I honestly, and this is, I realize we're going to talk about the day at Indy. You didn't listen to me. Tune in to listen to me blabber on, but they've just kind of become my brand identity. Yeah. I wish I could say that I had some master plan. It was just like, oh, hey, there's my fat butt, a little cartoon of me running. Well, let's if go, people check out your on social media, the setup you got through the month of May, it's all of their cartoons. It's pretty cool. It's a little extra. My wife I tells me. I need to bring me, you one of me, though. You do. You do. We, we can put it right over the Robin Miller or Connor <laughs> Daly one. The heck with those guys. Yesterday's news. Katie, so we have second day of running here, getting ready for what I think is going to be a fraught pressure-filled weekend, what's a really good way to make sure that qualifying, which is already going to send three people home, gets even more intense? Let's have a couple cars crash on Wednesday. That, when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today, that's the one thing that came to mind the most, is you had a two-time Formula One world champion crash and a rookie crash. And what I'm hearing a lot is that guys are having trouble driving behind someone, driving in dirty air. The nose just kind of tends to take off. And that's what happened to both Felix and Fernando today. So that obviously, no, the nose taking off in dirty air won't be a problem in qualifying, but it happened several times last year during the race. So it's something to pay attention to. Just finished recording the little daily hamburger and french fry show video with our pal sebastian bourdais for racer.com and seb just had the most prescient comments of we saw we've seen a lot of running in packs so far katie and there's one dynamic and hopefully those listening here will really watch tomorrow and uh, the rest of practice if there is a pack of let's just say six cars the dynamic has been so far the first two cars can play pass one another back and forth if you're third in line, fourth in line, not really going to be a part of that party, which we'd hoped with some of these minor downforce addition options created just for this year, all done in reaction to last year where, boy, there wasn't a whole lot of passing going on. Had hoped it would have made things a little easier for everyone in the pack, but we really are seeing that in terms of arrow wake and et cetera, et cetera, first two cars on the line can play but if you're third and fourth you can pull out but you're not really going to get anywhere so Seb said that was his issue and funnily enough we were talking about that on pit lane during the session when he was waiting for his car to come back Katie and we're just sitting up there sitting on pit lane watching them uh the big screen and he's like look and so we're watching whomever it was in second place go by first yay big pass those in third fourth and fifth just sit there like all right well this is kind of boring we can't do much and so it's just interesting to sit there with the driver saying i just felt that but hey now you take a look and we so we were just spotting all kinds of trains going around and 
same dynamic. So, at least so far, sounds like you really want to be the first or second car in whatever pack. If we're talking about the final lap of the race coming out of turn four. You want to be in second. (laughs) P2, yes. So, it's the battle for P2. Let's go back, though, Katie, to what we saw today with the two crashes. Because I think one in particular concerns me. So yesterday we had Connor Daly on. Some folks had asked about McLaren. Hey, first day, not so smooth. Even at the test, definitely not smooth. Throwing that thing into the wall, unintentionally, of course. Of but course. getting that thing into the wall an hour and 45 minutes into a seven-hour practice session. Didn't have a super strong opening day. Second day, lost more than five hours of running. Coming back tomorrow, at least for me, it almost feels like, boy... I'm scared how far behind they might be knowing that qualifying is going to be here very soon. What's your thoughts on where we should gauge the sense of concern for Fernando Alonso fans? I've been thinking about this one a lot today, too, because there's several things that come to mind. First of all, they're facing a lot of growing pains, right? You have to remember when they came a few years ago, they had all that support from the Andretti Autosport team. And when you think about that team and just the powerhouse they are winning the last two of the three Indy 500s, there was just so much technology and so much information for them to be able to absorb. Now, although they do have that support from Carlin, Carlin is also a fairly new team to the Indianapolis 500. So they're still trying to learn so much themselves while sharing that information with Fernando. Another thing that comes to mind is this is a different car. When I talked to Fernando when he got out of medical, he said it just got all this understeer that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. And because he hasn't raced in traffic in this car, of course he can't expect how much understeer is going to happen when he's in traffic. Different arrow kit yeah, from what he had in 2017. Kit. And he completely admitted, that's my mistake, which shows a lot of maturity, of course, and, and the kind of driver he is, is that he completely admitted, that was my mistake, and I've got to go back and figure out how to be better prepared for that particular feeling. And he's going to feel it a lot if he makes the race. Um, But in terms of concern, you know, there's a lot of really smart people over uh, at the McLaren team. I I think of, I have to give him some props because when I was explaining who Anton Julian was, Mm. his crew chief during the test, I related him to Blair Julian, his brother, who is the crew chief for Scott Dixon, but Anton is uh, successful in his own right. And he is the crew chief over on that car and a very talented guy. Um, and a lot of smart brains on the engineering side too. So I'm not worried about them making the race. Are you? I think we're going to be surprised where they qualify. I think it's going to be closer to the brink then oh, I'm not saying it's not going to be on the understood, brink. Understood. I just think I don't think there's others that are I'm more worried about. I think we've seen so far the folks coming into the month of May where we said, "Boy, of the three that we we know are going to go home." I think just about everyone said Ben Hanley and the Dragon Speed team mm-hmm. easy to identify, not because we disrespect them. It's their first everything. Yesterday, talk about learning on the fly. At one o'clock they turned their first ever lap yeah. of, at indianapolis with the team the car the driver we've seen obviously they have the most speed to find For so sure. not a surprise we obviously hope we love the david versus goliath story so we hope they're going to find speed nobody would surprised if they don't make the show though but they'll come back next year having learned a lot we'll give if them that's that the case 
I think everyone also identified the uh, Clawson Marshall Racing Team as well. Another team that's learning on the fly, right? Amazing story, doing amazing things with a driven to save lot. Again, there's so many positive aspects to it. Brand new everything. No real technical alliance. Pippa didn't make the show last year as well. So there's concern that could be the second one we're looking at. It's definitely on the radar. That third one, though, that's where I'm not exactly James sure James Davison yet. not on your radar? That kid has some well first of all he's mental we love him for that he's oh, from australia yeah. which is already a strike he's gutsy remember when he stepped into the oh. borde's road course car a few years ago and look what he did with that head case i'm not saying it's him i think it's the whole enterprise that also bird racing is learning we've got so many teams and i'm so thankful that we have all these guys willing to take the risk to come to indy and you know a flashback to the old days but it's a huge learning curve Outside of the two primary coin cars, if we're just going off of last year, getting beyond the two primary cars, we didn't see a lot of depth or strength. So no doubt that there's some concerns there. I'll just say that there is a, maybe this is a Pruitt, you're an even bigger idiot moment, but looking at how hard things have gone for McLaren so far and the fact that I don't care what their toe speed, I'm sorry, what, yeah, what their toe speed might be. They could be P1 with a 250-mile-an-hour lap. I don't care. We're strictly talking about four laps fast enough to get in. I think there's a reason to be concerned at this stage, at Wednesday evening. Do we think that they're going to get there so we remove that concern by Friday? Yeah, realistically. A lot can change. But at least at this stage, I, they're in that three, four, group of three, four, five entries that have in the back of my head a... Ooh, I'm hoping Saturday and Sunday goes well for you. Imagine that shockwave if they don't. It, that's a tidal wave. That's not just a shockwave. So looking at speeds, we had Scott Dixon go out almost right away, put up a 228.8 mile an hour lap. I know the folks at Honda were happy to see that after <laughs> Chevy did a whole bunch of butt spanking yesterday. Then some kid named Joseph Newgard. Don't know if you've Who? heard of him. So yeah, new kid on okay. the block. Absolutely. Oh. Uh, of course, spoiled that party mm-hmm. and went uh, 228.856, uh, just a tiny bit faster than Dixie. Spencer Piggott as well, right up there. Santino Ferrucci, P4. There's some fun There's some fun stuff here. Old guard, new guard, mid guard, new guard. <laughs> mid guard. What are your thoughts about where we're at? Just maybe the variety we're seeing of... It's not just a couple years ago, it seemingly was Marco Andretti every single day. Yeah. It was like a metronome. It kind of seems like this is shifting around at least through the first two days. I tweeted something during the Indy Grand Prix, and I know that's not Indy 500, but I think it summarizes IndyCar perfectly right now. We had a rookie score the pole, a five-time champion was leading, and a guy running a partial schedule was chasing him down. That summarizes IndyCar <laughs> right now. The parody is amazing. If you're not watching, what are you doing? Because this is so fun to watch. There's some, No matter who you are, there's somebody to root for. If you like the underdog, great, we've got 10 of them. If you like the guys that are always expected to win, great, we've got those too. And there's just so many great stories up and down pit lane, no matter where you go. And I think that what happened during the Indy Grand Prix can easily be easily translated into the Indy 500. I'm going to ask you, Katie, to pick just for these first two days, so we're not making any bold 
proclamations or predictions. Give me. We already a, wait. We already put money on a champion. But yeah, but this is Indy 500. That's full season. Man, I really don't want to have to apologize to Rossi. Um, I don't want to have to apologize to Scott. Fair enough. Give me a storyline, a team as a whole, or maybe a single driver just through the first two days that stands out to you as an interesting story that maybe folks haven't, uh, we haven't pointed out yet. You are putting me on the spot. I'm trying to look. I don't know. There's a few. Um, I think Simon Pagano's story can be interesting this year because he's been so close. Will swept last year. Simon had gone 22 races without a win. I mean, 22 races without a win. His number is 22. It was like the stars had aligned for the Indy Grand Prix. And he's coming off of a confidence boost and feeling like when I talked to him in Long Beach, he said, I feel like I can drive this car now. I feel like I figured it out. And the last time he said that was actually when he, to me anyway, is when he scored the pole in Toronto several years ago at the end of the old arrow kit. So when you get a guy like Simon who can finally figure a car out, and he's like a professor, like driver, so he studies hard. So when he finally figures something out, I think the handcuffs come off and he's gone. And although he's 15th on the charts today, he was high up yesterday, and I I'm not worried about that at all because you look at, I mean, Joseph is first, Simon is 15th. If you look at Andretti, Rossi is 34th, which I think that was another Twitter question that we can get to in a little bit, but um, Zach Veach was seventh. So we've got teammates all over, and I'm not. I'm not in the least bit worried. I'm going to go with Kyle Kaiser and Hukos Racing. he was a nice surprise, wasn't he? Through two days, these guys... I know I wrote the story on Monday about them losing their their primary sponsors. The cars sitting here look like, looking like a plain wet pair of shoes. Uh, did speak with Ricardo Junco's towards the end of the day, and he said, "Can't say who or what, but we're looking forward to rolling That's the car good. out soon because there's there are going to be some sponsor names on it." So it sounds like awesome. some good folks have reacted. But the thing we'd have to say, Katie, is in theory they would be reacting to performance this isn't the sad team that's running in 35th and you can throw five bucks at them and they're happy kyle kaiser sitting there 11th overall 15th on the note uh what are we fifth i'm sorry fifth, fifth on the, on the note yeah. toe right i saw this that and real. i had a double check and this is nothing against kyle it's just that they're a one-car team and still learning uh, so when I saw fifth, I'm like, wait a second. Does this say 15th or 25th? <laughs> I mean, I knew my eyes were bad, but I, I'm so excited for them. No technical alliance. One car team doing it on their own. This speaks to someone, and this is, not, this is nothing negative about Kyle Kaiser whatsoever. His engineer, Tom Brown. Whoa. Right? Watch we, out. we talk about... Uh, Sebastian Bourdais engineer Craig Hampson is someone just renowned. Anybody would love to have him. Dave Faustino with Jeremy Will Power. Again, we can name, right? <laughs> That's my engineer, who we, I would pick. We don't hear Tom Brown's name that often. Most of the work that he would have done where folks would have seen it in real big lights would have been more the cart champ car era. Tom Brown is a beast. So you take a veteran who's always been special on the speedways from an engineering standpoint Take a kid in 2017 Indy Lights champ, Kyle Kaiser, who has, what, five, six Indy car races under his, whatever it is. It's not many, but that kid has shown an aptitude on ovals. Hey, look, 
they're working on pennies here. We know right. that. But with a very skilled engineer, clearly those Chevy motors are something to be admired. And someone of Tom Brown's experience and skill, plus Ricardo Juncos, as just every year has become the Indy 500's great American <laughs> story, you know, uh, this American is just, dream. it's a beautiful combination of small group doing big things on almost no money whatsoever. That's a great story. Through two days, again, I, unless something strange happens, I can't see how this would be derailed heavily. They should be able to get into the show without any real concern. So did have a couple of questions that came in for us, Katie, just I think through our natural little gab fest, we kind of answered <laughs> them. So we'll say thank you to Henry Erbach and Henry Chapman, we have two Henrys who've sent in questions. Hello, so we kind of covered those off. So there's a little thing. I don't know if you heard. There was this woman who put on this event recently. Oh. She looks and sounds a little <laughs> bit like you. One of the other reasons I wanted to have you on today, other than it's always awesome to speak about IndyCar with you and to get your insights. The thing that I errantly last year called feed the female <laughs> and then had to edit and fix. Feed in the it us all. Yes, because women are hungry, I guess. I don't know. I'm hey, stupid. I'm uh, hungry. Fuel the female. Uh, this is something that you launched last year. For those who don't know about the initiative, this isn't a plug. This is just talking about something that is important to you, to me, and I think many women in our general sphere of this sport just had a pretty amazing event. I'd love for you to just tell us about this because we need more of you in this sport. Not more of me. We need more Kate Gunlax and Kara Adams. <laughs> um, but Fuel the Female, like you said, is an organization that we established last year. And we're our 501c3 meant to empower girls to achieve a career in STEM through motorsports. That's our mission statement. And it's pretty simple. That mission statement kind of explains it all. We want more women in these STEM careers in motorsports. If you look up and down the NTT IndyCar Series paddock, we've got eight women working full-time on the competition side of the sport. So when I say that, I mean directly affecting the performance of the car. Eight. That's not even a full team. So we've got some work to do. And that's also an amazing number by just comparing what it was a few oh, years ago. Oh, from when I started, yeah. But that's the crazy thing, though, is you, yeah. just if you look in recent years – in one sense, you might say, it's amazing that we have eight now, knowing how small the number once was. So you go, yeah, we have eight. Oh, wow, there's hundreds of people here right. on pit lane. Eight isn't the number we need it to be. And the crazy thing is IndyCar is one of the best statistically yes. in terms of how many women we actually compared to other forms of motorsport have a lot of women. And you can count them on two hands. So what Fuel the Female is meant to do is get hold of girls at a young age and show them what careers are available to them in motorsports and in those STEM careers, so the mechanics, the engineering side of things. Last year, we had 100 Indianapolis area high school girls come out, and they met the different women in these careers. So they met Kara Adams, the chief engineer at Firestone. They met Jessica Mace, who's a mechanic at Andretti. They met Kate Gunlack, who every, I'm sure many people have heard of, uh, engineer for Scott Dixon. Uh, this year... We changed it up a little. I really wanted to get the girls hands-on. So we partnered with, um, well, thanks to Honda, actually, who helped us power the event. I love using the word power. But it's true. Yeah, it feels, it feels better than saying that we partnered with them um, because really without them, we wouldn't have been able to host 
again, 100 Indianapolis area high school girls. And we expanded to four different school districts, eight different schools this year. And IUPY came on board too provided us with some female engineering students, Mm. which was really cool. And I got those female engineering students together and said, okay, what project can we do that's motorsports related and can get these girls hands on? And the girls ended up building their own model race cars out of mousetraps and all these other recycled parts. Like I've been collecting bottle caps and paper towel rolls for months now. And built their own race cars in less than an hour and a half and raced them Yesterday, Tuesday, opening day of any 500 practice, and Firestone was gracious enough to let us check out their suite for lunch and watch some on-track activity, which is always one of the highlights of the day because most of these girls had never been to IMS before. So if you're a race fan and you're listening, and if you remember the first time you saw an IndyCar peel out of pit lane at IMS, your eyes were probably the size of bowling balls. Now imagine that times 100 for these high school girls. It's just such a cool feeling. Another thing that I appreciate, and this might not surprise my listeners, it also makes me really happy to see little brown girls and <laughs> little girls of yeah. all colors, backgrounds. This, you know, this isn't meant to be any kind of socio conversation, but most folks in this sport look like you and me. Look, we had every color, shape, and size on Tuesday. And I think what's so important is diversity, not only in gender, but in your race and, you know, your ethnic background and your socioeconomic background, because I think the most diverse teams can be the most successful, in my opinion. I mean, we, again, coming back to the central theme, an Australian won the Indy 500 last year. Yeah. If, if that can happen, anything yeah. can. <laughs> um, so I, just as a quick aside, so I saw Will Power yesterday uh, at the end of the day, and usually he and I say, flip each other off or say something silly to one another. His, uh, the only thing he wanted to know was, are news outlets here in America, do they report honestly or are they all biased? But that's the random brilliance. It's a brilliant mind. Not, hey, what did you think about this car? Did you see this? It's something related to the event. It was just strictly, hey, are news outlets biased? And I'm like, I love you, Will Power. You're so insane. Uh, but sorry for that little uh, sidetracking there. Let's close, Katie, on so you have created Fuel the Female. You have support for Fuel the Female. You have corporate partners that have come in to help power what you were doing. How do folks who might have an interest in helping, volunteering, how can folks who like the idea of what you're doing, love this sport, might be curious what can I do? How can I do it? Tell us. Yeah, so although we've got those partners and, and that helped power our event here just yesterday at IMS, we're always looking for more partners who would like to power us at other events because we really want to expand. I get so many messages on social media of, hey, are you coming here? Are you going there? And we haven't been able to branch out to other tracks yet. And that's the next step, branching out to those ne- those other tracks. In the next three years, our goal, the, the board of directors and I want to expand to at least three to five more tracks. And I think if we can do that and start impacting more girls across the country and spreading the knowledge and love of STEM and motorsports, um, I, I would love to just be able to, to branch out and also really want to start scholarships because you think, all right, so we're lighting this fire in these girls when they come to our education programs. And then we're just like, okay, see ya. No. 
We can't do that. We've got to say, okay, you come to our education program. Now let us help you get an education. Because like you said, a lot of these girls are underprivileged. Um, some of them not, don't get me wrong. But even how do we help continue this education and keep them in the pipeline? So you, they come to an education program, they get a scholarship, they get a, a formal education, whether it's going to Lincoln Tech as a mechanic or going to IUPY as an engineer. They're getting some sort of formal education and then boom, they're working in motorsports. So there's lots of steps that we would like to take and lots of ways for people can help. Um, you can always go to fuelthefemale.org or follow us at fuelthefemale on every form of social media. And you feel free to message me if you want um, your money to go directly towards something to be earmarked towards something. Um, support us in any way. Support us by getting the message out. Support us uh, by you know, throwing us $5 to help sponsor a mousetrap, you know, at our next event and be as, as simple as that. One of the things I say on a more frequent basis is of the many things that impresses me in IndyCar is the quality of the people and the community-minded efforts that they practice. So you know that I have always appreciated your work as a fellow reporter uh, the fact that you're also doing something really important here to sustain improve benefit make this a more inclusive more realistic picture of the world it's pretty amazing so there's some really good folks here doing good things so anytime we can celebrate you for that and hopefully oh, folks can help Makes our day a little bit brighter, Katie yeah, Hargett. You've always been such a good supporter of oh, the female and me, so we that. appreciate it. Well, pal, it's dinner yes, time. Friend. It's I dinner am time. Hungry. Something. See, last night Connor Daly came here, made Look, me wait till eight thirty, brought no food, but he told what? me he ate. Yes. Look, so it was happy hour on track. Um, what is what time is it now? Um, an hour and a half ago, so I think it's happy hour for us. Hey, look at that. All right, <laughs> I'm going to be a drunk mess. I no. Think. No? Oh, no, oh, not oh. drunk mess. Not that happy hour. My bad. All right, Katie Hargett, thank you for joining us here on the day at Indy for Wednesday, May 15th. Thank you to Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, and you, our dear listeners, and we will be back tomorrow with, I believe, Jam Master Joseph Newgarden. Ooh. I think. Don't hold me to that. He's a little more exciting than me, so. Well, he doesn't do anything to fuel anything other than himself, um, though. (laughs) He goes over 220 miles an hour. That's pretty darn cool.